do you know your heart? Do you know your own heart, what's in your heart? Do you know why you do what you do? The real reason that you do what you do. And I'm not just talking about sins, but I'm talking about just the ordinary things that you do every day. Do you know why you do those things? What's in your heart? If all actions and words come out of the heart and come out of the thoughts of the heart, why do you do the things you know? Do you know your own heart? Do you know why you do the things that you do? Do you know you, why you do even the religious things that you do, things that people might call religious, uh, things that, are, uh, that seem like religious activities or things that seem like good works that someone might do in obedience to God? But even the ordinary things, which we believe, of course, all things are, are, are sacred, but, but, it, but people separate those things in their minds sometimes. But even the ordinary things that you do, do you know why you do the things? What are your hidden? Do you know yourself? Do you know your hidden thoughts? Do you know your hidden feelings? Are you even aware of what's going on in the heart? Jesus is, is pushing in this passage toward a heart religion, a faith that is based and centers on the heart and salvation in the heart, and that and, and that and it's what's going on in the heart is what is key. Do you even know, though, your own heart? Now, you, we can talk about your actions, but do you know your heart? Do you know what's in your heart? Look at verse 17. Verse 17, he says, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? He's saying, you know, like, this has nothing to do with the heart. This is, the, this is a rule that the, the, the Pharisees were making such a big deal about, but it has nothing to do with the heart. What does... God really care about? What does Christ, what does the Messiah really care about? Verse 18, but the things that come out of the mouth, things that you say, things that come from, the, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean, if those things that come out, of course, are evil. The things that are coming out of your mouth, the words that you're speaking, those started somewhere. Those began somewhere, and they began in your heart. In Jewish, the Jewish way of thinking, the heart, we think of the heart as just feelings, but it certainly, had feel, it certainly was feelings, but it was your whole inner life. It was your thoughts. It was your feelings. It was your motivations. It was your desires. It was your decisions. It was these things, the decisions you make within. But everything that's in here result, is the beginning of, is where the mouth speaks out of, and then he's going to say in a moment where the actions arise out of. The things that you actually do, the things that you actually stay, they all have a starting place, and that starting place is in the heart, your inner life. But do you know your inner life? Do you really know what's going on in your inner life? Do you really know what's happening in there, what's actually taking place, what your thoughts really are, what your motivations really are, what your desires really are, why you do the things that you do? Uh, look at verse 19, right after what we just read. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Now, it should be in the new version, the, the newest version of the NIV, they, they, they notice this. It should be that right there, from out of the heart come evil thoughts, then there should be a colon there or a dash there or something, because the next things are the things that come from the evil thoughts. So for out of the heart come evil thoughts. The thoughts take place within the heart, and then arising from that are all these actions that are described here. Murder, it actually is plural in the Greek, murders, adulteries, uh, sexual immoralities, which would cover all sexual sin other than adulteries, 
uh, theft, false testimony, and slanders. These are what make a man unclean. It begins with the evil thoughts. It begins with the evil thoughts that are in the heart, and then actions come from it. But it begins with what's in the heart. And so Jesus is, is, is passionately concerned about uh, teaching his disciples and teaching all who follow him about the heart and saving the heart and working in the heart. The heart is what he cares about because the words and actions will flow from the heart. He says, and then he finishes by answering the original question that the scribes and Pharisees asked. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. It's the heart, the evil thoughts in the heart and all that arises out of that, the words and actions that arise out of that are what make someone um, uh, make someone unclean, meaning against God, uh, evil, uh, sinful, all of that, all those different ideas. Um, uh, there was a, let me give an example of somebody who, who uh, didn't really recognize for a long time their own, um, their own motivations. They, they didn't really know their own heart. There was this guy who was this uh, uh, studier of the Bible, a teacher, a speaker. He was a um, you know, theologian, and he loved to scuffle about theology. He loved to get into, uh, to, to tell people where they were wrong, to, uh, to, to chase people down and to, and to tell them, this is what you're doing wrong, or this is what you're thinking that's wrong. And he loved to have those arguments, and he loved to have those discussions, and he loved to have those scuffles, and, and he loved to uh, you know, do it in a very powerful way and in a, in a strong way. And many people respected him, and many people listened to him. And he, and he realized, after many years of living this way, that what was in his heart? He was teaching the Bible, right? He was teaching right theology. Except the reason he was teaching theology, the reason he was teaching the Bible, the reason he was getting up there, the reason he was engaging people was not because of his passionate love of the truth, but because of his passionate love of a fight. His passionate love to bully other people into submission. His, pas- his passionate, uh, uh, aware- passionate uh, uh, appreciation of his own glory his passionate pride, his passionate arrogance, his desire to, uh, to beat other people into submission and to push himself above other people. And so he taught the Bible for years, and yet it was, fr- it was, it was, it was from a heart that was full of wickedness. And people could look at it and be like, oh, what a great teacher of the Bible, except he wasn't. He was like these Pharisees and scribes. His heart was wrong. His heart was wicked. We see this uh, a little bit earlier when Jesus quotes Isaiah when he brings this up and he, he, he describes that he, he, he applies the Isaiah passage to the Pharisees and scribes. Look at verse 8 and 9. They, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are but rules taught by men. So in other words, what he's saying here is these Pharisees and scribes, they are honoring God in externals external activity. They appear to the world. They appear in an external way. The things that they say, the things that they do, they appear to be honoring God. They appear to be worshiping God. They appear to be serving God. They appear to be teaching the Bible. But that second phrase there is the truth about them. But their hearts are far from me. They honor God in externals. They look like servants of God. They look like teachers of God, worshipers of God. 
uh, but they worship me in vain. They are worshiping God externally, but not internally. They are uh, honoring me with their lips, their words, their words, but what's in their heart is not worship, is not honor. There's something else going on within there. And their teachings are just about external things, and they, their teachings never get to the, to the heart of the matter. They're just rules made up by men about external things that have nothing to do with the deep truth of what's in the heart and what is your motivation in the heart. Is your motivation in the heart love for God, as Jesus taught, and love for your neighbor as yourself? Is that what is in the heart? Or is it other things that are in the heart that are motivating this religion? And Jesus says about them that they, their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are not obedient to God, although their externals are. Their externals appear to be. And, the, and so what is, what is he saying about them? He's saying about them they don't know their own hearts. They, it's not that they're trying to, it's not that they are out there, um, uh, we know that we're the devil's children and the devil's servants, but we are, but we're going to fool everybody to think we're really great. No, no, they actually have convinced themselves that they're serving God. They've convinced themselves that they're serving God, and they're not serving God. And so they don't know themselves. This is why I raised that question at the beginning. They don't know their own hearts. They don't really understand what's going on within here. They just see the externals of their life and think everything is fine, but they don't actually know the heart and know what's going on inside their heart. And so they, uh, and so they, they could teach the Bible. Do they know the Bible? They do. Do they know their heart? They don't. Do they fully understand the Bible and the Bible's application to the heart and what the Bible is really driving at in the heart? No, no, they don't do. They don't understand heart religion. They only understand uh, a religion of externals, of activities um, only, and, and, they, and they bypass the heart. And, so, and their hearts, and by Jesus' testimony from the book of Isaiah, their hearts are far from me. Do you know your heart? So my main point today is this. Do you, I mean, no, I already said that. Do, 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 you, do, you, do, you, do you even know your own heart? But, but I want to take this step forward and say this. Three words, three words. Take these three words away. Learn your heart. We're used to hearing about learn the word, and of course nothing has changed about that. We need to learn the word of God and understand what the word of God says. But you also need to learn your heart. You can't connect the word with yourself you can't connect the word with your own heart until you have learned your heart and seen what's going on in your heart and what those, what those wrong thoughts, wrong motivations, wrong feelings, wrong ideas are in your, in your mind and heart. Uh, until you see that, you can't apply very well the word of God to that. You'll be applying it to, oh yeah, I can't do this. I need to do more of this. But are you... Is it getting down to the deep part of you and touching the deepest part of you, the very core of who you are, the deepest thoughts you have, the deepest feelings you have, the deepest desires and motivations? Is God's word getting down there? And if you don't know that part of you, then God's word isn't, isn't getting down there. Now, God, God can do that work. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But recognize that that's, that that's what's happening. Until you know your heart, you will not be able to change on the deep. How can you repent from the heart about your heart if you don't know your heart. And so you need God to show you uh, what's going on uh, in your heart. Um, let me give you four, four, four ways that you could pursue this. Four ways that you could pursue this. Learn to learn your heart. Learn your heart. Those three words. How do you learn your heart? Four things. No doubt we can talk about other things. Number one, 
When you're reading the Bible, look for the heart in every command. We are, easy, we, we are often stuck on the external, stuff, stuck on uh, what it says that you are to do, but what is the rationale behind it? Why does God want us to do this? Why does God care so much about this? You've got to figure that out. If you just say, well, it's just God's word, you just do it, you don't have to understand it. You don't have to understand the rationale. You don't have to understand the heart behind it or what God really had in mind there. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have to understand why God wants you to do that. What is the rationale? But what is the reason? So, so when you're reading the Bible, stop reading it in such a surface way like the Pharisees read. Read the Bible and dive deeper. What is the heart of the matter here? What is it that God really wanted to happen? We see this commandment about something external. There's lots of commandments about externals. But what's the heart behind that? What is it that God really wanted to change within so that you acted in that way? Second, we talked about this in Sunday school a little bit, and this is linked to our conversation in Sunday school, but how many of you actually talk to a close friend about your heart? Talk to a close friend about your heart. Some of you may not have a close friend. Some of you may not have those kinds of conversations, but you need to have in your life one, two, a few close friends that you can talk with one-on-one, and they, they share with you their heart, and you talk to them openly about your heart. Talk it through and get them to, to dialogue with you about what they're seeing and what they're, and of course, it would need to be a fellow believer, a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Talk to them about your heart, about what is it that's really going on in your heart. The, all the things that some of us are covering up and putting away, and some of those things aren't sin, the things that are in your heart are not all sin, of course. There's some things in there that are, that are sin, and some things in there are just pain, and some things in there are just trouble and suffering, and there's all sorts of things in your heart. But, but, but we need to get to know our heart in all these different ways uh, in order to get to know the sin that's in the heart as well, but we need to get to know our heart in many different ways as well. I'll bet that there are many of you sitting here who never, ever have those kinds of conversations. You talk, you talk to... Um, this is tell, the sermon has to be short today, so that just told me to wrap it up, Jr. Um, uh, you talk to people um, about uh, external things in your life, you know, a job that you need, or, and, and that's good, and that sort of stuff, and that's good things to do. But do you ever sit down with a brother in the faith, a sister in the faith, and talk to them? about what's really in your heart, your heart of hearts, what you're really going through. Some of us, that's not something we do, but you need it. Human beings need human beings. That's the way God made us. In the church, he made us together. We are to function together, not on our own, battling through life with all the struggles within. In in Sunday school, we talked about Galatians 6, to bear each other's burdens, bear each other's burdens. And part of that would look like talking openly to each other, about what's in the heart. The third thing I'm going to say is very similar, but it just it changes the dy- dynamic a little bit. Do you ever go and talk to a spiritual mother or father in the faith about what's in your heart? This person may be better able, at, with many years of experience in the faith, better able to, uh, to help you with some of those things, advise you, pray for you, give you some insight. They may better understand your heart than you do. They may better understand, as you begin to talk, they may see things in your, that's inside of you that you haven't even seen. Do you have a spiritual fight? It may be an elder, it may be a pastor, but it may not be. It may just be a fellow member who's advanced in the faith. Do you have a spiritual father or mother 
that you can go to. It might be your blood father and mother, but probably not. Go, is that you have a spiritual father or mother that you can go to and that you can tell them what's in your heart and you can get their help, their leading. We're supposed to have not only spiritual brothers and sisters, but spiritual mothers and fathers in the faith. And, and even if, even if a, a man or woman had one close friend and one spiritual father or mother, that would be a rich person, a rich person to just have even those two would just have such a, would have such a great influence upon your life. And most of us don't have either. Most of us don't have either. The fourth thing I'll say is this, talk to God about your heart. I'll bet that in many of our prayers, I bet that many of you, your prayer time is very external. Your prayer time for many of us is, Lord, I did this, I did that, forgive me for it. Lord, help me to, um, you know, you know what, 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 help, help us with this, help us with this problem, help this person who's sick, all good things that we should pray. But do you ever, like the psalmist does, when he prays to God, when the psalmists, when they pray to God, do you ever just speak plainly with God about what is within, what is within you, and, and begin to speak in such a way so that you can not only be honest about what you're going through, but also you can uncover things that are in the heart that are wicked, things that are in the heart that are not right, um, and begin to realize the reason I do these things is for the wrong reason. The reason I do this is for the wrong reason. Um, let me remind you of the gospel here, let, let's, and let's... Uh, uh, bring this to a close. Let me remind you of the gospel. Jesus died to forgive your heart. Jesus died on the cross to forgive not only your actions and your words, but to forgive your heart, the sins that are in your heart. So there is forgiveness in Jesus for these sins. If you discover what often happens when people begin to do this, when they become, they realize that they haven't been doing this and they haven't, they haven't seen this, they haven't really known their own hearts, and they begin to dig into their own hearts is they're horrified by what they find. And you will be. If you haven't been digging in there for a long time, you will be horrified by what you find because you'll find deep sin uh, in your heart. But recognize when you go into this process that Jesus died for that too. He knows about it. You didn't know about it, but he knew about it. And he died for those sins to forgive you of those heart sins as well. The uncleanness that lies within, out of which you act and out of which you speak. Jesus died for that. But he also died to cleanse your heart to cleanse your heart. That sanctification process is a process of heart change, gradual heart change. What's going on in your heart can gradually begin to change and, and uh, be cleansed and, and, and uh, renew over years. Growing, growing, not growing isn't a good image there, but, but, but uh, getting cleaner and cleaner, getting more and more refreshed and renewed. Um, uh, this can happen over, over many years. Jesus died to forgive your heart, and he died to cleanse your heart of what's within. Um, not, he didn't die just to clean up your external behavior. He, he is not satisfied. He's not happy with you if you clean up your external. So everyone around you is convinced, but nothing's, hardly anything has changed within here. That's what he wants to He wants to get in there. And he wants to change. And when the Old Testament promised that a Messiah was coming, the Old Testament prophets, they would say, and he's going to deal with your hearts. That's what they would always say. They'd be like, oh, the Messiah's coming. The new age is coming. And when that age comes, he's finally going to deal with your hearts. He's going to purify them, cleanse them, uh, renew your hearts like they never had been renewed before. That's what the work of the great Messiah will be when he comes. So Jesus has died to forgive your heart and to cleanse your heart. And if you are willing to listen, 
This is my call to you today. If you're willing to listen to him, if you're willing to hear what he has to say, he will begin to teach you your own heart. He wants to teach you his word and his commandments, but he also wants to teach you your own heart. He wants to teach you what is really in there and and, and make you aware of what's in there. If you're willing to listen, you're willing to begin that process. It's not a one-moment thing. Show me everything right now. God, I got about seven minutes. No, it's a process to see more and more. Lord, what's in my heart? Show me those bad motivations. Show me those things that are in there that are, that are not right. Um, expose those, Lord, so, I can, so that I can address it and you can help me. And what will happen is, what Jesus is saying here, your words and actions come out of your heart. If your heart begins to change, you'll see your words and actions begin to change. If your heart begins to change, your words and actions, what we often do is just skip the heart, go straight to the actions. Oh, I can't say that kind of nasty stuff anymore, uh, so I'm not going to say those things anymore. Well, if the heart didn't change, that's like, you know, like Jesus said about the Pharisees, that's like a a white tombstone over, over rotten dead bodies underneath. What's underneath is death still. The white tombstone, which looks real pretty, the that doesn't help. It doesn't help to clean up the externals. You must start with the heart. You must get down into the heart work and figure out what's going on in your heart. Do you know your heart? Learn your heart. Jesus can teach you your heart. He can teach it to you by the word and spirit um, because as you, as you interact with the word, you'll begin to, if you're seeking this, he'll begin to show you um, what is truly within you and what that is. And, uh, and the result will be Life change. And by the way, this is what repentance is. This is what repentance is. Repentance is heart change, life change. What I just described for you is the Christian life. This is not extra teaching. This is not, ooh, we're dipping into a a specialty conference here where we're giving you some extra teaching most Christians don't have. No, no, this is the basics. This is 101. Jesus addresses the heart and wants to change the heart. Basics. That's kindergarten, folks. That's, but, but some of us haven't started yet. We haven't started yet, or we haven't gotten very far yet. Jesus wants to address your heart. 